thank you for joining us on The Skeptic Psychic, where we delve into ancient societies, the ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, all looking at it from the perspective of the true believer and from the skeptic perspective. Joining me, my partner, my co-host, my sibling, Kimber Rodriguez. Myself, I am Richard Gregg. And again, let's look into being the skeptic psychic. Hello, and welcome once again to the skeptic psychic. And I would first like to always uh, say with me tonight is a one and only special person in the whole wide world because her birthday, yes, yes, her birthday, October 2nd, 2023, is going to be her 47th birthday. Well, happy birthday, Kim. Thanks, and thanks for sharing my age. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I'm always happy to share people's true age, <laughs> especially when I'm going to be 53 this year. Yes. Um, so how is everyone tonight? <laughs> I'm Please disregard the laughing in the background. Mercy's watching TV, so you might hear him here and there. <laughs> and I am doing pretty good looking forward to my birthday tomorrow that should be a fun day um, and it's my favorite time of year when the um, veil between the living and the dead seems to thin thinning is that a word thin. yes yes as we um, as we are in the fall getting closer to that time of year my favorite holiday halloween um and so we have an exciting month for you this month we will be talking about castles and castle like hauntings um but first you know i do want to mention that we you know for all you potter heads out there we did lose uh, Dumbled the second Dumbledore passed. Uh, yeah, Michael Gambone. Mike Dumbledore is Richard Harris. That's yeah. the Michael Gambone guy. Well, they had to do something when Richard Harris dead. I mean, I don't think they'd want a corpse playing Dumbledore. Sure, they could do it. Harry, I want your brains. <laughs> so yes, Michael Gambone did pass away at the age of eighty-two. Um. You know, so our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and may he rest in peace. And speaking of those who have passed, Friday was our father's birthday. Um, yes. So we wish him a heavenly birthday as well. May he be watching, looking down on us and approving of our life choices. And there when we need them for guidance and support. And before we get into tonight's topic, um, I wanted to kick off the, um, the season with a haunted tale. And I will be telling you the story of the Green Lady of Craft's Castle. I wish I had, you know, some kind of like intro to get into it to like kind of set the mood. So we don't have that here. So you got to do that for yourself. Okay, here, here. How's that? Uh, I don't know. That sounds a little more alien-like than ghostly, oh. but I digress. Okay. 
In the heart of Scotland, atop a rolling hill, stood the imposing Crass Castle. Its stone walls bore witness to centuries of history, and within them, a haunting tale was whispered, the legend of the Green Lady. <laughs> Once many years ago, the halls of Crass Castle echoed with the laughter of its inhabitants. The laird of the castle, a powerful and respectful figure, had a beautiful young daughter named uh, Elodie with flowing raven black hair and eyes that mirrored the deep Scottish locks. She was the pride of the family, but beyond her beauty, she harbored a secret, a forbidden romance with a young man from a rival clan. Their love, kept hidden from disapproving eyes, was passionate and deep. And as with all profounding secrets, it bore consequences. Elidith found herself with child. This was a symbol of her forbidden love. Terrified of the disgrace it would bring upon her family, she confided in her maid, her only confidant. But as the months passed, her secret became harder to conceal. Desperate to keep the truth hidden, she and her maid made a heartbreaking decision. One fateful night, they ventured to the fireplace in the chamber, where in its shadows, they made a grave for the child. Yet their weight of their actions bore heavily upon Elodie. Consumed with the guilt and heartbreak, she began wandering the castle's corridors, draped in a green robe. Her face eternally etched with sorrow. She became an elusive figure. Always surrounded by a green mist, fading in and out of sight. As years turned to decades, Elide found herself, I'm sorry, Elide herself passed on. But her restless spirit, now known as the Green Lady, remained bound to the castle. The legend of the Green Lady became a cornerstone of Craith's castle's lore. For generations, inhabitants and visitors reported sightings of her, always enveloped in her characteristic green mist, wandering the castle in perpetual mourning. The tale took a darker turn during the renovation of the castle. As workers, while repairing the old fireplace, uh, Alid and her maid frequent made a bone-chilling discovery. Hidden in its surface lay the skeletal remains that were believed to be the child's. The grim discovery validated this tragic legend and cemented the Green Lady's place in Scottish folklore. To this day, the ghostly figure of the Green Lady haunts the corridors of Crafts at Castle, a reminder of a love that defined boundaries, a tragedy that unfolded in its wakes, and the in eternal spirit of a mother forever mourning her lost child. Bad, but true. Yes, that was just a little something to help us kick off tonight's show um <laughs> where we will be talking about haunted castles um 
for this month. And tonight we're actually going to take a trip to India. India, the place of, how would you describe India other than it being hot and spicy food? <laughs> Rich lore, great mystery. And great tales. Yes. So why don't you go ahead and kick us off so everyone knows what we're discussing tonight. Vanguard Fort is located in the Arwan district of the state of Rajasthan, India. It was built in 1573 uh, by Raja Banwak, thus the ruler of Amber. Located in the Junipur district, Raja built it for his youngest son, Raja Maho Singh, the first. The fort was a significant structure in its time. It had palaces, temples, and multiple gates. Supposedly, it had 10,000 dwellings, but now it lies mostly in ruins. The fact is that a mix of Muhat and Rakput uh, architect's house. It houses several temples, including those dedicated to Lord Holtman, Gopinath, Sanswar, Kilsing Rai, and Mini Devi. Angle Devi. Also, there is a dancer's palace, a jeweler's market, and a series of gates leading to the main fort complex. But again, uh, Bargain Fort is perhaps best known for its eerie feelings and legends associated with it. It's considered one of the most haunted places in all of India. One of the most famous legends is about a holy man named Baba Balak Nath. Baba lived within the fort and was a well-respected holy man. Um, his home was a place of solitude for reflection and meditation. Because of this, he insisted that no shadow should touch his home. However, with the passing of time, as rulers came and went, um, his requests became forgotten or outright ignored. And eventually construction began that was tall enough to cast shadow over his home. When Baba realized this new construction, this kind of angered him because, you know, he had already said, you know, the only thing I ask is, you know, you leave my home unshadowed, you know, because this is my place of reflection. But now you've got this, you know, big building coming and casting shadow. Um, at that point, he did, you know, out of his anger, curse the town. And according to legend, he declared that Bangar would be destroyed with, I'm sorry, and would become uninhibitable. Um, then this town did suffer many misfortunes, which caused it to become abandoned and left to decay. This once prosperous region did turn to ruins, and the fort that surrounded it now stands alone. Local folklore insists that the site is haunted, and to this day it is said that no one dares build a house with a roof in the area because it'll supposedly collapse. Now, another popular tale is about a sorcerer named Sigha, uh, Singhe, who fell in love with a beautiful princess, Ragnithia of Bagyar. 
Princess Ragnier was renowned not just for her stunning beauty, but also for her leadership and character. She was the jewel of, 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 of the uh, fort and had many suitors who wished to marry her. Singad became infatuated with the princess's beauty, and due to her status and royal lineage, he knew he could never win her heart through ordinary means, so he decided to use the dark magic. One day, Singha saw the princess uh, and her maid in the market buying scented oil for the princess. Seizing the opportunity, the sorcerer placed a magical potion on the oil to enchant it. Once used, it was supposed to capture the princess's heart and make her surrender herself. However, Princess was also well versed in the occult and magic. Sensing the enchantment on the oil to counteract the spell and render it harmless, she poured the enchanted oil onto the ground. As the oil touched the ground, it turned to a boulder and started rolling towards Sinhara. The boulder crushed the wizard, but in his dying breath, he cursed uh, Bargar, declaring that it would no more birth city and the people in the fort would some would someday die of unnatural causes. The city would be hit by the misfortune leading towards the destruction and would become uninhabitable. Now, the legend claims that soon after this curse, the fort was invaded by the Mughals. Not to be confused with Muggles, that's a different story. <laughs> but the Mughals were from the north and in the battle, all the residents, including the princess, were killed off. This did follow what the curse had narrated. And it is believed that the spirits of those killed at the fort still haunt it to till today. While the tale is a mix of romance and magic and tragedy, it is crucial to understand that it is rooted in folklore. You know, over the years, stories tend to get embellished, as I'd like to point out many times on the show about the telephone game. You hear one thing and then it's told to somebody else and it's completely different. By the time you get to the last person, it's nothing like the original tale. Um, so layers and additional details have been added to the story over the generations. Um, so now it is kind of hard to tell, you know, the difference between fact and fiction or legend in this time. Now, the, as for the hauntings, let's get into the good stuff now that we know the history. There are cries and screams reported at the fort, and these are some of the most chilling accounts tied to its reputation. More than most other activities, they create a sense of, you know, unease and intrigue when you're exploring the fort. Many describe them as being distant and faint, and they seem to be filled with pain or distress. Also, they seem to come from no discernible source. One sec. Sorry, husband's getting a little loud. Um, they do come from no discernible source and have a fleeting quality. Um, it's as if they disappear as soon as you try to pinpoint where it's coming from. Many accounts do suggest that these sounds could be more prevalent. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, many suggest that the sounds are more prevalent in quiet hours. This is usually around dusk or dawn. The stillness of this time combines with the isolation of the fort does seem to amplify, amplify even faint noises and it makes them more discernible. Now, some visitors have pointed out the specific locations within the fort where they claim to have heard the cries most distinctively. These locations are often isolated corners, dilapidated structures, or areas where battles or significant events might have been taking place in the past. Given the legends surrounding the fort, some believe that the cries are the lingering voices of those who met tragic ends. This could do to invasion the alleged curse, or other unknown <laughs> Some lore enthusiasts do theorize that the screams might be connected to pr the princess Ratnavatolti, given the tragic nature of her story linked to the fort. Some believe that the cries could be echoes of those brutal times when residents of the fort city may have suffered due to the invasion of the Magavs. <laughs> Skeptics often point to the fact that the fort being in a semi-ruined state and surrounding by wilderness is a habitat for various animals. Distress calls of certain animals, especially during mating season, maybe, uh, or even when they feel threatened, might be mistaken <laughs> for ghostly uh, cries. Also, the architecture of the old fort and ruins can sometimes play tricks with the acoustics. Sounds originally from a distance, whether natural or man-made, could be get tunneled or reflected in the way that they make the thing sound eerie or closer than they are. There are also psychological <laughs> where visitors already primed with tales of haunting may misinterpret the ordinary sound as the supernatural. Where the result of general or genuine paranormal activity, natural phenomenon, or a blend of imagination and suggestion. The reports of the cries and screams have cemented the, the fort's reputation in popular culture and the place of mystery within unease. Also, Bengals are deeply in intertwined with traditional Indian culture. Um, these also resonate with the tales of the supernatural. <laughs> Sorry. Um, visitors have described hearing the soft rhythmic jingles of bangles. This is akin to the sound produced when a woman walks or moves her hands. Um, it is often, again, heard in isolation and is accompanied without footsteps or voices. So this does add mystery to its nature. Um, it is sometimes linked to sightings of a spectral figure of a woman. And she is often imagined as, you know, being dressed in the traditional attire. Um, and, you know, her bangles are a significant feature of this, you know, spectrum. However, more often than not, um, it is heard without any accompanying apparition. Um, basically, the fort in its prime would have been home for many women from royalty to commoners. And the sound of bangles would have been a common and familiar auditory backdrop. Um, in this context, the spectral sound of the bangles can be seen as an auditory echo from its past, meaning, you know, it could be just a residual haunting, um, you know, just 
you know, a recording in time of these people taking on, you know, not taking on, but carrying on in their normal, <laughs> sorry, in their normal everyday lives. And some do speculate that it is uh, linked to the princess Ravnati, Ravna, I'm sorry, Ratnavati <laughs> or other royal women who once did live in the fort. Um, since it is, you know, a tragic, tragic lore surrounding her death, um, the connection to this haunting sound, you know, could be a popular theory on this. Um, others do believe it might be a lingering sound of everyday life, as I said before. Um, and, you know, basically the fort during its heyday could have had numerous festivities, ceremonies, dances, and this could, you know, again, be the reason for the Bengal sound or the residual haunting of the Bengals. However, skeptics do sometimes attribute these sounds to the movement of birds or small animals through dry leaves and debris. Um, the wrestling could be misinterpreted as soft jingling of Bengals. Now I've thought about it and I've thought about what it sounds like when animal small animals are wrestling through leaves and i to me that doesn't sound like the sound of a bangles to me bangles would be more like a clinking sound or a jingling so i don't see how skeptics say bangles, that could, not bangles that's what i said bangles like the tigers i'm talking about bangles that you wear like the old painting on the tune they do the slant dance don't you know yes like you too quick Yes, I'm talking about Bengals, not not the the tigers, but the actual, you know, things that you wear around your wrist, now known as bracelets, kind of that sort of thing. Um, they also say it could be the wind passing through the fort's ruins that, you know, can create various sounds. Um, you know, given the age of the fort and its ruined state, it could produce sounds like that with the right conditions. Um, Again, this one I find a little difficult to me. That would be more like a, maybe like a howling, but I don't hear a, a jing, like a, you know, like a jingling sound through the wind with that. What do you think? Well, uh, given the fact that, uh, you know, to me, uh, the clinkling of the bangles really sounds, uh, could be the fact that there may be some wind chimes or something like that in the wind or even, you know, whistling to the trees may also make that sound as well. Oh, that makes sense. Being a prominent part of the folklore, visitors might subconsciously be listening to the sound of leading to misinterpretation of natural sounds. Uh... This culture and historical uh, significance, the Bengals, enriches uh, on the sports tapestry of legends. Whether a general uh, paranormal phenomenon or a blend of natural sound and cultural memory. It's an enduring aspect of the sports <laughs> mysterious allure. They often, visitors often describe the sounds of footsteps as echoing through the empty chambers and the corridors of the fort. Didn't you already say this? or? Yes. <laughs> So you, um, you, you are at the part about the prominent part of the Fort Salors. Yes. 
and this is almost the same, the same thing you were just describing. Considering the legend surrounding the fort and like the curse of uh, Singai and the fate of the princess, some speculate that the fort thefts may be the spill spirits of those who face the tragic ends of uh, Baccarat. Forever wandering its pathways during the city's heyday was a uh, bustling settlement. Crooked steps could be spe uh, spectral remnants of inhabitants going about these their daily lives. Also, to tie into what you were talking about, um, they do hear footsteps going through the uh, corridors. That I hadn't mentioned. Um, these could be slow-paced steps to hurried, almost frantic runs. <laughs> um, and this is usually when people aren't present. Um, and also that it's at certain, you know, different times of day, but mostly at dawn or twilight. Um, sometimes the footsteps are accompanied by other phenomenon, such as a fleeting shadow and also, <laughs> also a drop in temperature. Um, you also can get the feeling that you're being watched. The feelings associated experiences do kind of make it a, more of an eerie nature of the footsteps and being there. Um, again, you know, given that it is in a state of ruin, it is, you know, pretty much in proximity to natural surroundings. So you do have small birds and other animals that could come into the area. You could also hear the echoes of somebody uh, walking. Mm -hmm. From somewhere else. Well, still in the same complex. Right. Um, ancient structures with their stone walls um, can have a unique acoustic property, uh, such as you mentioned, sounds from a distance or even natural sounds like the settling of a buildings can be am amplified or distorted. And this can also resemble footsteps being heard. Okay. Nikolai um, Martinez. That name sounds familiar. Let's see. Um, as I was saying, um, also the power of suggestion does play a role in perceived experiences. Um, you know, if you hear about these tales and hauntings at, uh, um, before you go, that when you get there, you might be more inclined to interpret different sounds that you hear as being ghostly footsteps. Um, but regardless of where the sound is coming from, the footsteps do serve as a palpable, palpable. Is it, did I pronounce that right? Palpable. <laughs> yes, it does. It is a reminder of its stories of the past and the thin line again between history and legend. Also, it does play into the human psyches and our, you know, the way we thrive and you know, kind of go looking for that supernatural. Um, others do say that they hear conversations such as whispers and chatter going on at Mangar Fort. Um, this does to add another layer to its, rich, its mystery and rich tapestry. The hushed voices visitors do describe. Um, not only not only do visitors describe this, but the locals as well. And this does kind of, you know give merit to the enigma that surrounds the fort. Now, visitors also report hearing the same conversation, especially when in isolated or less traffic parts of the fort. 
These vehicles are usually described as uncomprehensible, like overhearing a distant conversation where the words aren't clear. Some believe that the murmurs could be remnants of a courtly discussion or a royal gathering. The port would have been a center of political and administrative activities. Also, the marketplace, like the Jean-Paul Bazaar, the murmured conversations could be spectral traces of merchants and shoppers haggling and discussing wares. Some paranormal enthusiasts theorize that the place with intense emotional or traumatic histories might retain imprints, that's imprints, of these emotions. If significant events, whether joyous or everyday or tragic, took place within uh, Bagar, they could have been left behind by these uh, auditory imprints. So again, uh, residual hauntings. Yeah, like a tape or a film. Mm -hmm. Right. Much like other paranormal phenomenon reported at the fort, these murmured conversations are more frequently heard during the quieter times, either in the early morning, late evening, or even the off-tourist season. Certain chambers or sections of the fort, which may have been hubs of activity in the past, are said to be most active in the terms of these sounds. The wind rustling leaves or the distant sounds of a neighbor uh, area and under certain conditions, sound like uh, indistinct voices or murmurs. Also, the fort surrounding our homes to various birds and animals. Their calls or movements may be mistaken for hushed conversations, especially in the heightened atmosphere of the fort. There's also a theory that the power of suggestion and the human brain's tendency to find patterns can lead to visitors to interpret ambiguous sounds as familiar human activities, for example, conversations. You know, whether these are genuine paranormal, um, sorry, paranormal occurrences um, or a acoustic quirk or even a manifestation of our human need to connect with the past, the conversations that are murmured at the fort do remain a fascinating facet um, in this, you know, interesting legend of many layers. Many also report musical sounds um, that offer, offer a hauntingly beautiful dimension. Um, the distance trains of music <laughs> evoke a connection to the fort's past. Um, visitors do describe hearing faint musical notes. Uh, these are reminiscent of traditional Indian instruments. Um, and sometimes I even hear a woman singing. The sounds are usually fleeting and appear to come again from nowhere. Um, and some describe them as being melancholic, melancholic, sad, in other words, words melancholic. hard. <laughs> yes. um, other times they seem, you know, to be a reminiscence of celebrity. Celebration, not celebrity, but celebrity. Yes, Celebration. Jeopardy. What? <laughs> um, so they do, um, you know, reminisce of celebrations or festivities. And, you know, during this time, courts, including Bangar, would have had musicians and dancers performing on special occasions. 
The sounds could be echoes of these performances that once entertained the royals and their courtiers. Um, also, temples within the fort would have had regular ceremonies of religious nature, and these, you know, would have been accompanied by musical rituals. Music is deeply ingrained in the Indian culture, and the re residents of Bangar Fort would have engaged, you know, in daily musical activities. Um, they would have sang lullabies to their children, had festive songs, or even, you know, had chants as they worked. For some reason I'm picturing a Disney movie here, but I digress. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, dips in and pulls you through. So, you know, reported sounds of, could be traced to these everyday occurrences in a, again, a residual haunting. Now, while these sounds may have been reported from various parts of the fort, some areas like the dance halls or temples may be more prone to such auditory experiences, similar to other supernatural phenomenon at Bengar. The musical sounds are more often heard during the quieter periods, dusk, dawn, or during off-peak tourist seasons. Mo music carries the emotional weight and connects deeply with the human experiences. In places with significant histories, like Bargarden, it's theorized by paranormal enthusiasts that intense emotional events, be it joy, sorrow, or celebration, can leave behind imprints or echoes that may have printed these faint musical sounds. Certain natural sounds, like the wind whistling through the rubens, rustling leaves, or the call of Pacific birds or animals, can sometimes mimic musical notes or rhythms, especially in a place where visitors are primed to expect the unexpected. Sounds from neighborhood areas or villages, especially during festivals or ceremonies, might carry over to the fort and be perceived as the ancient gusts. <laughs> The rich lore of Vagagar, combined with its invocation atmosphere, can enhance the power of suggestion. Visitors in, might interpret and interpret ambiguous sounds as music, linking them to tales they have heard. Regardless of their origin, these musical sounds provide a romantic and uh, evocative layer to the Bangai Forge legend painting a picture of bygone era, filled with music, dance, culturalistics, and yes, even day-to-day -day life. Yes, haunted or phantom animal noises are a less frequently sighted, but sometimes heard in the fort. Um, these sounds seemingly come from animals that shouldn't be present in a particular location. Or it could be that they are out of context and could add an unsettling atmosphere to the already mysterious site. People report hearing distant roar or growl of large predators. So this is where your Bengal tiger comes in. Um, they may also hear the whinnying or galloping of a horse, unexplained bird calls, or even shrieks during odd hours. Sometimes the animals can sound like they're in distress. Now, given Bengar Fort's history, this likely included battles or skirmishes. The sounds of war horse and elephants might be considered as spectral remnants of those tumultuous times. 
Um, areas now reclaimed by urbanization or human activities did have once diverse lifestyles. And these sounds could be seen as an echoing from a time when such animals roamed freely around the fort. Um, sometimes the animal noises are paired with other experiences, um, such as the galloping sound of horses might be accompanied by phantom vibrations on the ground. So you can like feel the, as the horses are galloping through the, the ground, kind of vibrate beneath you. It could be like a, um, a temperature drop, kind of like a cold spot. Um, again, with other supernatural phenomenon, some paranormal enthusiasts mm. do believe that intense emotions or traumatic events do leave an imprint on the location. So again, um, this could be residual hauntings if it is a haunting, which leads me to a thing that residual hauntings, are they hauntings or not? Discuss on another podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, if they were associated with traumatic events like, you know, battles, this could be a manifestation of the residue left over from those battles. Now, abandoned or uh, isolated places like the fort can attract wildlife, such as birds, rodents, and even large animals might seek refuge in such areas. And their sounds can be mistaken as haunted or out of place. Also, the unique architect and acoustics of the ancient fort and buildings can distort and amplify sounds, making them appear closer and more eerie than they actually are. A distant animal calls might be funneled through the corridors or chambers, giving it an overwhelming otherworldly uh, quality. When in location to be haunted, even ordinary sounds can take on a more of a sinister tone. <laughs> even in the minds of certain visitors. The bird calls or the rustling of small animals might be perceived as someone, someone or something more important and mysterious or even supernatural. In various cultures, certain animal sounds are considered omens or signs. For instance, in many traditions, the hooting of an owl is associated with impending doom, 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 or death. The cultural uh, beliefs can further influence the perception of animal noises in haunted places. And the grand tapestry of such supernatural tales surrounding places like Bangar Fort, phantom animal noises are often in an eerie yet fascinating dimension. They remind listeners of an intricate connection between humans, animals, and the shared histories that echo through time. The absence of sound or profane silence is equally intriguing phenomenon in the paranormal lore, especially in places known for their haunting tales like Bagarth Fort. This phenomenon might not be overly dramatic as apparitions or phantom footsteps, but the unsettling nature of deep enveloping silence can be proudly affecting. Visitors to certain areas of Vanguard Fort have described moments when the ambient sounds seem to abruptly fade, leaving to an unnatural stillness. The silence is often described as heavy or oppressive, where even the usual sounds of nature, like the chirping of birds or the rustling of the leaves, are in fact eerily absent. 
Yeah, specific parts of the fort, um, especially those that are, you know, associated with the tragic events or the legends, might be more prone to such silent phenomenon. Um, the profound quietness is often more palatable during a time when the fort is least populated. Um, again, this is, you know, during off-peak tourist seasons or at times close to dusk or dawn. Um, this unexpected or profound silence can have a deep psychological effect as a sudden absence of sound can heighten your senses and this leads to a heightened awareness of the surroundings around you, making the environment feel more surreal or otherworldly, like, you know, you just slipped through the veil or that the veil is thinning, I guess you could say. Um, some ther paranormal enthusiasts suggest that the silence could be a temporal echo. Again, this is a, a brief overlap between the present and a you know particularly quiet or somber moment from the fort's history. Areas where significant rituals or events took place might have a different energy or aura, and these kind of lead to pockets of profound silence. Some local legends or interpretations uh, do see the silence as a protective mechanism. This may be a warning of the spirits indicating that the outsiders should tread lightly or leave the area completely. Um, again, skeptics do point out that certain architectural structures or natural formations can dampen or muffle sounds. And this could create a area of relative quietness. Um, also in places renowned for being haunted, visitors might be more attuned to unusual experiences a brief lull of ambient sounds might be perceived as a more prolonged and profound silence due to heightened state of expectation. Um, there is also the fact that nature itself has rhythms. You know, there might be times when the wildlife is naturally less active. Now, there's a, uh, we do know that uh, nature does have music, so why can't it have a rhythm? Exactly. Um, there are times when the wind does still naturally um, and this does lead to a moment of natural quiet, you know. Um, in fact, some cultures do see this silence as being sacred. This is a place for them to have introspection, um, also communion with the divine, or it could even be a gateway to other realms. Um, the cultural reverence for silence adds another layer to the interpretation of its experiences in places like Bangar. Um, so yeah, I know like sometimes when you're out in nature and you're just relaxing and resting and meditating, you'll have that, that quiet moment where it seems like the world stops for a moment and you can just, you know, like I said, introspect or get into that, that moment of reflection of life or meditation or, you know, whatever it is you practice. I know I've experienced that while being out in nature. Um, I'm sure you have as well. Uh, have you ever had times where it's like the world just stops for a moment and you can just reflect and relax? Right. Now, the uh, profound silence experienced in, in hauntings or historical locations like the Vanguard Fort provides a counterpoint to the more overtly paranormal phenomenon. 
in its quietness, it's often a space for interpretation, evoking thoughts about the passage of time, the mysteries of the existence, and the fine line between the known and the unknown. They come together within that thin line. Apparitions or ghostly figures are central to many haunting tales, especially in historical rich sites like Banghar Fort. These uh, spectral figures, when reported, often become the most vivid and talked about aspects of their paranormal lore. The apparitions reported vary in their descriptions. They range from the shadowy figure that failed throughout the ruins to more detailed manifestations that resemble people from bygone eras. Some apparitions are seen fleeting, while others linger momentarily just before vanishing. Sightings of uh, the princess apparition, often described as a beautiful woman in royal attire. She is something, and always sometimes seen, as drifting through the ruins especially in areas associated with the royal family. Her demeanor is often described as serene, though some accounts mention that a palpable aura of sadness around her. Sightings are said to be more common during the, uh, the quieter times of the day, such as twilight. Visitors who claim to have seen or felt the presence of the princess often speak of the emotional re renaissance. There is a sense of tragedy, lost love, and life cut short. The emotional depth is what makes her apparition far more emotional and memorable to those who believe that they've encountered her. Given the tragic and often curse associated with her legend, some believed that Ravatari spirit is trapped at the Bangar fort, unable to find peace. Although another perspective sees her not as a trapped soul, but a guardian of the fort. Watching over the ruin and the stories they hold, taking into account in the age and state of the uh, fort, shadows, reflections, or even visitors could be mistaken for apparitions especially when the atmosphere is filled with tales and hauntings. Yes, Princess Ragnavati's legend and the tales of her apparition um, do have a significant cultural impact. They have inspired numerous stories, articles, and even TV shows and films. And her story does serve as a reminder of the tragic romance um, and mysteries of India's rich, rich past. Well, <laughs> while the reality of Princess Ravnati's apparition does remain a matter of personal belief interpretation, her tale does continue to captivate visitors of the fort, um, making her an enduring part of its enigmatic allure. I cannot speak. Singia's apparition is less frequent, and it is reported compared to that of the princess. Um, those who claim to see him often describe a male figure in traditional attire, 
Sometimes he has discernible features indicating his role as a sorcerer or a practitioner of the dark arts. He is usually described as being intense or brooding. Um, and even though his apparition is seen rarer, it is often associated with areas that he might have practiced his rituals in um, or where significant events may have taken place that were related to his curse. Um, again, like other supernatural phenomena, encounters with his apparition are believed to be more common during the quieter times. And they are often described as being charged with negative emotions. Um, visitors speak of feeling a sense of unease, of a heaviness, or even a matter of foreboding. Um, and this could be attributed to Signia's role as a antagonist in the tale of Bangra. Now, Signia's um, spirit, according to some beliefs, remains due to the curse that was placed on the town. Um, he is often seen as being a restless entity <laughs> that is bound to the fort by his own magic. And some interpretation, sorry, words hard. <laughs> some interpretations do suggest that he may serve as a guardian or gatekeeper. Now this doesn't necessarily mean he is a protector of the fort, but rather a force that, you know, kind of continues on that curse's effect. The story of Signia has found its way into various media representations, as it is a tragic tale of an unrequited love, dark magic, and a curse that is so compellingly narrative that it has inspired storytellers across different mediums. Um, while the veracity of his apparition, like other supernatural phenomenon, remains a matter of personal belief, his story and his alleged sightings do add depth to the rich tapestry mm. of the legends that, sur that surround Mangar Fort. Now, the legends are not limited to notable figures like the princess or the sorcerer. Many of the stories also encompass the ordinary inhabitants of the fort and its adjoining city. These lesser-known entities provide a fuller picture of life in Bangar uh, during its prime and are equally vital when painting a comprehensive portrait of the fort's paranormal tapestry. Visitors to the fort have reported the sightings of specific uh, figures resembling common folk. These could be men, women, or children in traditional attire going about everyday tasks, or simply wandering the ruins. Some apparitions are de detailed and vivid, while others are more ephemeral, like fleeting shadows or the indistinguishable shapes. There's also been reports of ghostly market scenes where specific figures of buying and selling goods or the sounds of haggling, even though no one is in sight. Apparitions of children playing and women drawing water from the wells, or the or the men working at crafts, they have been this have also been described. These scenes often glimpse into the dark daily life of the residents before its abandonment. Along with the visual uh, apparitions, visitors sometimes report the auditory phenomenon linked to daily life. 
This could include distant sounds of a potter in his wheel, the jingling of anklets, or even the soft strains of traditional songs. Such auditory experiences could add depth to the sightings, further immersing the witnesses into a bygone era of Bagar. Why there are apparitions of the notable figures like Ratavigi, uh, uh, the princess, or Shingai, might be charged with specific emotional related to the legends. The ghosts of ordinary inhabitants often evoke feelings of nostalgia, melancholy, or even peace. They serve as reminders of the vibrant community that once thrived within the walls. The tales of ordinary inhabitants and ghosts remind us that uh, the history is not just about the royalty or nobility, but is also about the common people. Their stories and alleged apparitions offer more comprehensive and comprehensive views of life in this historic city and eventual decline into silence. Apparitions are often accompanied by one or other paranormal experiences. Visitors might feel a sudden drop in temperature, experiencing an unexplained gust of wind, or hear whispers of conversation where they spot these ghostly figurines. Certain areas of the fort known for specific historical events or tragedies might be more prone to uh, apparitional societies and sightings. As with other supernatural phenomena, these manifestations are more commonly reported during quieter periods of time close to dusk or dawn. One particular theory in paranormal circles is that the traumatic or emotionally charged events can leave an energetic imprint on this location. Apparitions may not be non-conscious replays of the events like a, a looped recording. Like a residual haunting. Yes. Now, a more traditional view is that these apparitions are restless spirits that are unable to move on due to unresolved issues or the tragedies they face during their lifetime. Um, now, this, I kind of, I have a hard time saying that it is, you know, apparitions that are there left over because the fact that they don't interact with anybody um, I'm leaning more towards the residual haunting that it's just a tape recorder playing on daily life of the fort when it was in its, you know, heyday. Um, but skeptics do think that the knowledge of the fort's legends combined with its ruins can set up the stage for visitors to perceive ordinary sights and sound as being supernatural. Our brain does tend to fill in gaps Um based on our expectation and the prior knowledge that we have of something. Also movements of animals and rustling of the trees or, you know, the play of the light and the shadows in the ruins can sometimes be misinterpreted as ghostly figures or sounds. Ruins, shadows, and the play of light in places like Bangar Fort can create an optical illusion. What we might I'm sorry, what might seem like an apparition from the corner of your eye could be a play of light. Also, the human mind is prone to seeing patterns and faces. This is a phenomenon that is known as parodelia. Um, and in its heightened state of expectation, visitors might represent, I'm sorry, misinterpret mundane things as supernatural. Now, parodelia is an interesting thing. I think I would like to do a show on that also as well um 
I know I've seen some interesting things that aren't really there playing into the whole paradelia. Um, so that might be something to discuss it, you know, in a future. Yes, as opposed to being something strange in your neighborhood. Yes. Um, I think that would be something that we could go over on a future episode. Uh, from in skeptic the future, side, people. <laughs> from a skeptic side of point. Anyway, I digress back to our to this episode. Um, apparitions, whether genuine supernatural occurrences or the product of our psychology and environmental factors, this is fascinating. Um, and in places like Bangar Fort, they serve as a bridge between the present and the past. It does allow visitors a mysterious glimpse into another area. I'm sorry, era, not area. We're going to another era, not area. <laughs> um, there is another common report from visitors, um, especially those who venture near the fort during the evening. These people seem to be like, they feel like they're being watched or followed. And again, they do drop... Um, mention a feeling of sudden temperature drop, such as cold spots or an unexplained chill. Um, I know my mom used to call it, you know, someone walking over your grave. Um, or like, you know, when you get that, that chill on the back of your neck, something like that. Uh, the aura of mystery surrounding the fort is further intensified by warnings and tales from the locals who do live in the proximity of the fort. Um, again, these warnings are rooted in generations of lore and shared experiences. And, you know, they do contribute to the fort's reputation as a haunted location. One of the most well-known warning, warnings related to Bangar, Bangar Fort is they are very strict in prohibiting against entering the fort grounds after the sun sets or before the sun rises. And this warning is so seriously heated that even the Archaeological Survey of India, which is the body that is responsible for the maintenance of the fort, has placed a signboard with this warning on the outside. And local, local tales do suggest that those who dare stay inside the fort after dark will never return. Um, the area around the fort was once thriving, and now it's just you know, it's remains that are largely uninhibited. Locals do warn curious visitors about the curse that befell the region and its impact on the communities that once lived there. And the locals do believe that the town and the fort were doomed to be uninhabited forever. Now, some locals uh, also believe that the fort is a hub of spiritual energy, both positive and negative. They caution against engaging in any type of rituals or practices without proper knowledge or guidance, facing that it might disturb the existing energies. Of course, it is not uncommon for the locals offering prayers or con conducting rituals to appease the spirits of Bangar Fort. Visitors are often advised to approach the fort with respect, and in some cases to carry protective amulets or charms when venturing inside. Alongside the supernatural warnings, locals also emphasize the historic and cultural significance of the city or fort. They warn against vandalism, graffiti, 
and any actions that might disturb the integrity of this ancient site. Apart from the supernatural cautions, local also advised visitors to be wary of the wildlife. Hello, the wildlife in and around the fort. These ruins and its surrounding forest can be home to various animals, sanitary and predatory, and it's essential to tread carefully to avoid any unwanted encounters. Now, while there may uh, share the warnings and tales of some offer guided tours to the fort, they usually provide a mix of historical content, legend recounting, and of personal anecdotes. It is always advised to listen to these guys carefully, both for the rich stories they share and the cautionary tales that they offer regarding specific areas of the fort. These warnings from locals are a blend of superstition, genuine concern for the visitors, and deep respect for the culture and historical significance of Vanguard Fort. Whether taken as genuine precautions or colorful elements of the local lore, they undoubtedly add layers of the intrigue to the anemic presence. The prohibition against staying in Vanguard Fort during the night is the most intriguing and often discussed aspects. This rule reinforced by both the local legend and official notices have further intensified the fort's reputation as one of the most haunted places in India. Now, according to local tales, these spirits and supernatural entities become active during the night within the fort's uh, confines. It is said that those who dare to stay inside after dark either disappeared or experienced harrowing paranormal events. Some believe that the prohibition has a historical and practical basis. Ancient forts and ruins can be hazardous, especially in low light conditions. There's a risk of structural collapse and falling into the pits or encountering wild animals. Yes. All good reasons not to venture in by yourself overnight. Now, over the time, the practicality of not venturing into an unsafe ruin at night might have been imbued with supernatural significance, leading to legends that now surround Bangar. Um, there have been tales, both verified and um, anecdotal, anecdotal ugh, of adventurers with par and paranormal enthusiasts who tried to spend the night at the fort. Some of these stories end with individuals being scared away by inexplicable phenomenon. Others involve them emerging unharmed, but deeply shaken by the experience. Such accounts have only reinforced the belief in the danger of night of Bengar Fort. Many cultures worldwide, the night is seen as a time when the veil between the physical world and the spiritual world is at its thinnest. This belief combined with the haunting tales lends a weighty cultural context to the prohibition. The rules against nighttime stay while ensuing the safety of visitors has also inadvertently boosted the allure. 
The idea of a place being too haunted to visit after dark adds to its mystique, drawing more curious travelers and paranormal enthusiasts to its gates. Now, again, skeptics argue that the night prohibition is primarily for safety reasons due to the ruined state of the fort and the presence of its wildlife. They believe that the paranormal tales, while they are intriguing, are embellished over this primary concern. Whether it's based on genuine paranormal activity, historical events, or purely safety, the forbidden night stay at Bangar Fort has cemented its reputation as a place where the living and the supernatural, supernatural can coexist. With the mysteries of the night remaining locked behind its ancient walls. Ruthless homes of the fort add another layer of mystery to its enigmatic history. The, lap the dilapidated state of these structures and the legends surrounding them have captured the imagination of many visitors and historians alike. But again, come on, this is a place in ruins. Of course, the roofs are going to be dilapidated. Um, but local folklore does offer an explanation steeped in the supernatural. It is said that every time a house is built with a roof in the town, it collapses. The curse, according to lore, is due to the wrath of the sorcerer Signia, as um, we mentioned earlier. Um, but again, I mean, come on, this, this place was built, I think it said in the 17th century. So of course it's, you know, buildings are gonna have caved in roofs, I mean, it's just, it's a fact. It's going to happen. And yep. I mean. Now, however, some tales suggest that the spirits of the town, particularly seeing high spirit, are responsible in ensuring that no home in Bagar Fort will have a roof. This serves as a constant reminder of the curse that led to the town's abandonment. For hysterical standards, it is possible that the roof materials, often made with perishable materials like wood or thatch in ancient ancient, decayed or were repurposed over the years. Again, logical. Leaving behind only the more durable stone walls. Over time, recurrent natural disasters, like earthquakes, may have also contributed to the roof collapsing and the structural damage, especially with that are uh, the roofs that are more vulnerable. In many cultures, a home's roof rep represents the protection and shelter. Absences of roofs in Bangar might symbolize the town's vulnerability to the supernatural forces or its exposure to the wrath of the curse. Roofless structures often serve as a metaphor for a place devoid of life, warmth, and prosperity. The eerie sight of rows of, of roofless homes serves as a stark visual reminder of, of the haunted re reputation for the visitors. Tour guides often highlight this aspect, weaving the tales of the curse to enhance the experiences. Photographers and paranormal enthusiasts are particularly drawn to these homes, seeking to capture their 
isolated and desolate beauty and hoping for a glimpse of the unexplained. The Archaeological Survey of India, responsible for the maintenance and historical sites, focuses on the preserving of the remnants of Bahagar uh, as they stand, rather than re reconstructing or renovating them. This ensures that the unique characteristics of this town, including its roofless homes, remains untapped. The roofless homes of Bagaran stand in the silent witness to its shattered past, <laughs> merely merging with history, legend, and natural so natural natural inexorable march. They embody the desolation and the mystery that characteristics that characterize the Vanguard Fourth and serve as a tangible mainstream of manifest manifestation of the tales that have been woven around this enigmatic locale. Unexplained photos, especially in places re reputed to be haunted or steeped in legends, can spark widespread interest, debate, and sometimes even fear. While the fort with its reputation as being the most haunted places in India, it's been subjected of, uh, of numerous such photographs. Many visitors and paranormal investigators have reported capturing orms, small circular night-colored anomalies, and their photos taken at the fort. While some believe as orbs represent spiritual energy or entities, skeptics often impute them as dust particles, moisture, or lens flares, or books. Also explained in the mists or fogs, which were not visible to the naked eye when the photograph was taken, have also appeared in some images. Some photographs report showing shadowy figures that weren't present while the <laughs> shot was taken. These silhouettes, which usually are human-like but indistinct, and are sometimes believed to be the spirits or entities that reside in the fort. More rarely, there are claims of photographs being captured more clearly, um, and these have more distinct apparitions in them. They might resemble horse, uh, historical, sorry, words are hard, historical figures that are related to the fort, such as Princess Ratnaviti herself, or other identified, unidentified individuals. Also, unexplained light anomalies, such as streaks or glows, have been reported in some photos. These anomalies are particularly intriguing when captured in parts of the fort where are there are no light sources available. Some images taken at the fort show unexpected distortions, areas that are blurred, warped, or have unexplained color variations. And this could be due to camera malfunctions or environmental factors. Their occurrences at Bangar give rise to speculation of of sorry paranormal interference. <laughs> now, many believe that these unexplained photos capture the supernatural energy or entities of Bangar. Um, they do say these are evidence of them being haunted. However, skeptics often search for logical explanations, such as camera glitches, reflections, environmental factors, such as dust or moisture, or even photo manipulation has been suggested as reasons behind <laughs> these mysterious images. 
Also, with modern technology, a photo manipulation has become increasingly sophisticated. So it is crucial to approach such images with a discerning eye, verifying their authenticity and considering all possibilities and explanations. Um, again, unexplained photos from the fort serve as modern additions to its tapestry of legends and tales, and they do bridge the ancient narratives of curses and tragedies with contemporary discussions of paranormal, and it ensures that Bengar's <laughs> mysteries remain alive and debated even into the digital age. Um, it is essential to approach tales of hauntings with a balance of perspective, as many believe fervently in the supernatural occurrences at Bangar Fort, others attribute them to local legends, human psychology, and the power of suggestion. Regardless of belief, the fort remains captivating location that intrigues history enthusiasts, paranormal researchers, and tourists alike. So, what are your thoughts? Do you believe that the fort is haunted? Or do you think it's just a beautiful place that was lost in the ruins of time? My thoughts? Yes. Uh, when you've actually walked into the forest and just listen, I mean, there is a sound throughout the, uh, that people do hear in silence. So I would not put uh, put it in the fact that it may be the town whispering, but then again, it just may be. Because when you talk to the trees, they do hear everything you say to them. Um, I think personally that it is a matter of legend that has been told over so much time that people want to believe it's true. Um, there are some certain things, like I said, like the wrestling sounding like bangles to me, that doesn't make sense. I don't think wrestling of leaves could sound like bangles. Um, so there are some things that I'm like, it could be haunted, but then other instances where I'm like, well, it's just normal wildlife. And like it said, the, wind blowing through the, re the the ruins. It is definitely a place I would love to check out, if not for the hauntings, but for the history and the beauty of it. Something I definitely would love to see in my life. Uh, what do you think? Would you ever like to visit the ruins and check them out for yourself? Mm, maybe, but uh, I want to see what's going on in America before I travel the, uh, the continent. Yes, of the world that, itself. I would love to do that. Travel all of America and the world itself. So many places I would like to see. Um, but we ask our viewers also, what do you think? Um, let us know in the comments if you believe that the fort is haunted. Um, if you have been to Bengar Fort, let us know if you saw anything, if you experienced anything, or if you think this is all just people wanting it to be haunted because of the legends of Merging the Lord. Uh, legend with uh, with the nat nat nature as well as natural phenomenon. Yes. 
And next week, we will continue our month of haunted castles. Um, we're going to hop on over to Ireland, the Emerald Isle, and take a look at Leap Castle. So we hope to see you there. In the meantime, if you are watching on YouTube or Twitch, make sure you like and subscribe. Yeah, bring that. I'm going to bring my shillelagh. <laughs> yes, make sure you like and subscribe. And... Yeah, let us know what you think. If you like the show or if you don't like the show, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And anything else I'm forgetting before we sign off for tonight? We love you. Happy birthday to uh, Kim Rodriguez. And I hope she has many more. Thank you. I do too. And we wish everybody good night and sweet dreams. And unpleasant nightmares. Good night, everybody. Good night.